This is a podcast from BBC Studios, the commercial subsidiary of the BBC. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the BBC Studios TalentWorks podcast with me, Brona Monaghan and me, Helen O'Donnell. This is an interview series with some of the most exciting and interesting and fascinating digital talent in the industry. Thank you so much for listening and please don't forget to subscribe. We're really excited this week to have Emma Gannon with us. So Emma Gannon is an absolute inspiration within the professional space, definitely for myself and Brona. So she's a Sunday Times bestselling author, podcaster and broadcaster who's based in London. She's published two books, Control Out Delete and more recently, The Multi-Hyphen Method, which is like a modern day textbook. I think it really reinvents business for a more modern relevant outlook. Off the back of her first book, she started her own podcast series, Control Out Delete, which I'm a fan of and has reached millions of people in over 100 countries. She's also performed this live in venues and festivals throughout the UK. She was selected this year in the Forbes 30 Under 30 Europe list and Management Today's 35 Under 30. So two really amazing accolades. So thanks so much for coming in, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So I'd love to start with kind of a summary of your professional career to date, if that's something you could summarize because you have achieved so much but I'd love to hear it from your perspective I do find it hard to sum up what I've done I think it's been the most zigzag route to getting where I am I'm not that typical journalism student who then worked at a magazine then you know it's it was so much more higgledy piggledy than that but short story I suppose is first job was in PR realized that was fun but didn't want to do that worked in marketing worked with brands really learned a lot about how people make money commercially through sort of well I guess advertorials and stuff then moved into journalism and then through my blog which I had all alongside all of these jobs that weirdly became the route in to do my own thing so I got a book deal off the back of my blog and then I launched a podcast off the back of the book here I am now I mean, that literally is a whirlwind explanation, but I just feel like I've had so many different jobs. Yeah. And they all now make sense, but only in hindsight. Yeah, it's like back engineer it all to... So what made, what made you know when you... Because you were working in social media for a quite traditional publishing house. What made you feel like, okay, that's not the route that I want to go down? Well, it's a strange one because that was my dream job. I got a job working at Glamour magazine. I was doing sort of heading up the social media strategy for the magazine and it was a really exciting time because Glamour was trying to sort of constantly reinvent itself and and stay relevant and I love a challenge I actually took the job because it was sort of come and change things up a bit and give us a new voice and let's launch new platforms and I worked really closely with Twitter on some firsts I don't know if you remember when Twitter launched Snappy TV but it was basically this sort of video add-on thing and I got to I got Tina Fey to be an exclusive guest on this new thing it was really exciting because I got to work with the social media platforms to try and be the first yeah so I think for a magazine you need to get in the in the media yourself like you need to be kind of in the industry press doing cool stuff so that was my job I loved it but I couldn't help but notice and I do follow my gut a lot with my career 
I just felt like it wasn't the place to be anymore. Mm. And I don't mean any disrespect to Condé Nast, but it wasn't as exciting or as different or dynamic or there wasn't as many opportunities to kind of break the rules, actually. So I just decided at that point that this was during the rise of the influencer. It was the rise of blogging. It was kind of we're in a culture of do your own thing and I think I got sucked into that yeah um and it was so scary because I loved having a Condé Nast email address like that was so fun and exciting but so glad that I I took the other route and obviously a few years sorry a few months after I left it closed down yeah so I think my gut instinct was right I think that's actually a really interesting point because you do have the leverage and the credibility of those sort of traditional big companies. But also I think what they are scared to do is give people autonomy. Whereas you could look at a company like Google where they give people so much autonomy and it's thriving. And it's kind of what, like, why aren't companies seeing that once you give people sort of X percentage of time to put into a passion point or say, right, I think, you know, I need to go with my gut. I think it's that fear in those traditional companies. Yeah, and they, and I don't are, think people take as many risks now. No, But another thing I suppose was all alongside of all of my jobs, I've had side projects and I launched a blog. I would launch, I would launch something in my bedroom and it would take me like five minutes to make a logo or, well, not five minutes, but it would be really mm. quick and I would make it and I'd be like, cool, and I'd launch it. Whereas in a big company to get a logo signed off you're talking months yeah and I just don't think that right now companies can can afford to to wait too long to launch something new so no yeah. there needs to be that pace there so you've just mentioned about your blog and how that was was that sort of the first main channel that you had a voice on in terms of social media yeah I mean I was working in PR and marketing at the time and I guess I knew I noticed that we were working with influencers and bloggers and I just thought that looks really fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I got the idea from being on the other side of it. Okay. Yeah. And I think that's really helped my career because I think having been on the other side, so if if a brand is offering me money to work with them, like I was that person with the budget wanting to work with a with a blogger. So, you can see so it from both sides. Yeah. So I yeah. think that's that's really helped. Um, but it was interesting because I remember working with some of the first kind of bloggers back in like 2009 and. It was a big debate in the office, should we pay them, shouldn't we, and all that stuff. So I, I just feel like I've been, I probably haven't been there from the very beginning, but I've seen enough to to look at how it's evolved. But you're, so you're making that sound really easy in terms of like, oh, I saw what they were doing, and I was like, right, okay, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just go. But that takes a lot of balls to, because I know a lot, so we work really closely in the influencer space, and a lot of people, definitely in traditional companies, say like, oh, well, that's, oh, well, I, maybe I could just do that about this. And it's like, no, you couldn't. It takes real um, energy passion like you say okay yes you are doing it in your bedroom at starts but you could be watching a tv show during that time and you you're putting your energy into something to further yourself how long was it before you were like oh maybe I should do this to actually doing it yeah that's a really good point because I have to say I didn't do it I didn't see what other people were doing and think oh I I want to do that because they were making money I I genuinely thought that looks so fun and look at those events that they're going to and, and actually I get to make new friends off the internet who have similar interests to me I think we forget how new that is actually mm-hmm. you know the fact that some of my really close friends now are sort of people I met because we had blogs and we liked the same things so I think um yeah it took a lot of dedication but 
if you like writing, blogging is the dream. You yeah. just get to write whatever you want and people read it. I would put my blog posts out and I would get, you know, 20 tweets back saying, oh, I really enjoyed reading this. So I was getting the validation and sort of, um, what's the word? Well, yeah, I was just getting that online sort of reward, actually more so than if I wrote a piece for online glamour yeah it was like my own little hub and my own community and it was it was so fun but I remember writing a blog post that was how to manage a a job and a blog and it was so popular because people didn't really understand how I was doing it all but I don't know it was about five years in that I started making a penny yeah so yeah you have to really go at it for a long time and I think what's great about that as well is you don't have to wait for a commissioner so now you're a columnist aren't you in for courier magazine yeah 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 Yeah. so that's almost like a commissioned piece of work whereas in in the beginning you could just right I've got this idea and I'm going to put it out myself I don't need to wait for somebody else to almost give an authority that this is a good idea to put it on do you know what I mean definitely and I think with blogging the reason why people are so scared to do it or they kind of give up you know a few weeks in is because they're really worried about perfectionism and people laughing at them or thinking it's rubbish and I just see it as totally different things if I'm commissioned by a magazine that is going to go through rounds of edits that's going to have people's input that's going to be that's going to take quite a long time actually to get right I remember writing a piece for the Daily Beast which is like a US publication oh my god it had like 17 rounds of edits but (laughs) that doesn't mean I'm well it it meant it needed work but I was so proud of that article because you know I get edited on my books, obviously, yeah. a lot. And I love being edited. It means that we are working together to a common goal. Whereas a blog, I just think it's not a masterpiece. It's I write blog posts in 10 minutes and bung them online because I just think it's that's what blogging is. Yeah. And Nora Ephron, I think, once said, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but she basically said a blog post is something that... It doesn't really live on. It's just your thoughts. It's just sort of ephemeral. Mm -hmm. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Um, So I just think with blogging, um, you know, it's not a column. It's not a magazine article. It's not a book. It's a blog. So to that point in terms of, so you now have like your column, your blog, you're also um, a a sizable Instagram following. You've got your podcast. How do you find your voice in each of those mediums? Um, I, I think that I spent so long finding my voice with my blog, you know, having that for over eight years. I think it just comes really naturally now to me. I say, I'd say that I just follow my curiosity and I do follow gut instinct and I don't work with anyone that doesn't feel right. And, and actually, I don't think you can really... I can't really explain it. I just know something's right mm-hmm. for me. I just know myself really well. Um, yeah, I, I just think my voice is something that I can't really shy away from now. yeah. I don't know, is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and at what point then did you feel, okay, so I've been doing this for X amount of years and I'm sure you were getting so many requests to work with brands and various projects. At what point did you say, okay, I need, I need another person on the team. I need maybe a manager. I didn't think I needed a manager. I just, lo- I mean, I really liked working totally as like a okay. one woman band. Yeah. That felt really empowering actually. And I know a lot of people would think, God, that sounds awful because everything's on your shoulders and you're just waking up every day in your own head doing your own thing. But I, I really enjoyed it. I could mm-hmm. work when I wanted. I could just do whatever. And I love working with the team now, but it's totally different. So I met Kim uh, Butler mm-hmm. at a kind of social party gathering thing (laughs) I mean it was sort of work networking but we all wanted to hang out and 
I was just telling her what I was doing and I didn't, I was, I didn't, she, she said she was an agent. No, sorry. She said she was a manager and I, and I was just so interested in that because I have a lot of YouTuber friends who have managers and that always seemed like their world. Yeah. It's never really my, my yeah. thing. And yeah, she explained what she did and I didn't put two and two together. I just went home thinking she was lovely. And then I got an email from her the next day just saying, I've Googled you and wow, I think, I think if you, you know, are up for it, we could work together. And we've been working together for two years now. Amazing. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Because I do think you have a lot of similarities, I guess, in your approach to, to what you do. Because Kim, she comes from a traditional sort of management background. But I feel like with Diving Bell, they are working with talent that are the new pioneers of digital talent. I like the fact that she totally got where I was coming from. I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be launching a beauty line. I don't actually want to be kind of known for things like that. I just want my work to grow and get out Mm -hmm. there. And I I know it sounds really cheesy and really worthy, but I do want to make a difference and make some sort of change, however small. And so actually balancing that with commercial opportunities... So the fact that I'm an ambassador of the Prince's Trust and I'm working with a lot of really interesting organisations at the moment, how do I balance that out with, yeah, earning quite a lot of money Mm -hmm. from maybe a Microsoft advert every now and again? But how do I just stay true to myself when actually I'm getting a lot of opportunities at the moment? And so that's nice because I think if she was a different kind of manager, don't know if those people exist, but I think (laughs) they do, then I think it would be, let's see how much money we can make. And let's rein it in and let's, let's you know, go for it because mm-hmm. how long will this last? Yeah. And I'm thinking, no, no, I want to have a long and fruitful career. So I'm happy saying no to stuff. So in terms of the book, so you, you mentioned that like books are almost like the most traditional of the media outlets almost and your new book the multi-hyper method is so um definitely in the opening as well it really sets out this it's almost like if you had a textbook on business rip it up and here's a new version how did that come about and what what appealed to you about making a book well I wrote my first book really enjoyed that process and what was interesting is I mean this is such a cheesy thing that someone said in a business book once but they said that your book is basically your business card. It's a way of saying, 
here I am, here are my ideas, and this is something that will live on. And it's a physical thing you can give to someone. It's quite... It, it, I've had so many opportunities off the back of my first book and I knew that I wanted to do another one because I think a book is a conversation starter. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a statement, isn't it? If it's it? non-fiction, I mean. It's it's kind of a, here's what I think, what do you think? And then so much can come off the back of it. So many events and partnerships and panels and and collaborations conversations I just I love it I don't think a book ends when it's out I think it kind of lives on in other ways which is really exciting so with the second book I mean it's funny because the multi-hyphen method was meant to set me free and say I'm a multi-hyphenate stop trying to pigeonhole me um I don't fit into a box and I don't think um you should feel like you have to be um so it was very much a book to kind of validate and justify a new way of working a new way of life and I just wanted it to make a difference to people. If they thought that they couldn't be more than one thing, I wanted to say, no, you can be. And I was kind of telling myself that as well. So what's interesting about the book is I wanted to write the book, put it out there, and then carry on doing all my many different things. But what's happened, weirdly, is people are like, oh, you're the multi-hyphen method girl. You're the side hustle girl. You are yellow all the time. Like, you're a businesswoman now. And I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm many things depending on the day so I what's been really interesting with the book is it's done really well like Mm -hmm. my first book wasn't a Sunday Times bestseller this one is and so I need to now be careful that I'm not just doing that book it's very ironic yeah Yeah. no I think that I think it's come at a really interesting time I think a lot of people now are realizing I think through social media Basically, what I think what social media has done is it's broken down barriers. Everything's so much more visible now. And yes, it's scary to do things by yourself. But I imagine that the freelance, like the opportunities that freelancing brings is that you can wake up, set your own agenda. I don't know. I just think because I so I left um, I left Gleam a few months ago to go into a startup. And it was one of the scariest decisions I've ever made. But it's also, it gives you so much sort of independence and yeah, I just, I think that's a really, like, is that what you intended with the book? Are you hoping to give women more freedom? I'm I'm hoping to give everyone more freedom to just not sum up what they are through one job title. I think it gives us a lot of anxiety, I think, sometimes to kind of introduce ourselves as like, I am a I don't know, lawyer. And it's like, okay, you're a lawyer. And then people move on. And it's like, I bet that person has something else that they want to... I bet that's something. there's something else that they are maybe interested in or working on. I just think we put people in boxes all mm. the time and we make assumptions about people. And I just want the book, if anything, to open up the conversation that everyone's more interesting than their job. And so it's it's been really funny because people have said, oh, I'm not a multi-finite. And then they'll say, oh, um, I'm actually, you know, uh, doing an extra podcast at work or... I'm like, well, you are then because you, you've got a side hustle. You're just not calling it that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think even if someone, I don't know, writes about their dog on their blog at the weekend, you know, that, that's, you, should, you should feel good about that stuff. But I think that's uh, the other good message, Emma. It's mm-hmm. like you should feel proud about that. So if it's like, oh, I also knit beanies, it's like flipping great that yeah. you knit beanies. It's not that you're just a lawyer. And again, in, in the book you talk about how previously there was very much like a linear career path. So when you're 12, you think I want to be X and here are a number of steps that I'm going to go on to get to X. Whereas actually, like you said at the beginning, when you zigzag through things, you bring 
bring your experience from each one, which will make you a better author or podcaster or columnist than if you'd have only ever thought, I want to be a columnist. Yes. And the thing is, I don't want to make anyone feel bad if they're not a multi-hyphenate, because that was never the aim. I don't think it is for everyone. My sister, for example... I mean, she would hate it. She likes going to work, she likes coming home, she likes doing one thing and doing it well. And I think there's, you know, that's brilliant as well. So I think all I wanted to do was just carve out my own little bit of the, you know, business section in the bookshop and say, if none of these business books are for you, what about this one? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's been really exciting to um, hear the responses from all ages as well, which is fun. It's not just millennials. Absolutely. So, and then just on the podcast, what do you feel? So podcasting as an industry is something that you, I feel like you were definitely a pioneer in terms of the moving from the the blog and the book to a podcast version, which is now millions of listens. You've had some incredible guests on your podcast. What do you feel the, I feel like traditional media would say like, oh, so do you want a radio show out of that? And it's like, actually, it's a completely different, again, you're not waiting for a commission. You don't have to come in and record it in a studio somewhere like, I mean, we're in the new broadcasting house at the moment in London, you know, you don't have to be tied to those things. What do you feel the future of the podcast is for you? It's a really interesting question because I have been doing it for a long time now. Two and a half years is quite a long time to have Mm -hmm. a podcast and if I'm being honest, I thought I'd be bored of it by now, but it coincided with this massive boom Mm -hmm. and I had no idea that I could make money from a podcast or grow it to be this platform within its own right because there was a time where and I and I bet other creators have this where in my head it was still my hobby it was still this fun little thing because it is and I really love doing it and it's not it is not work to me I love it but I have clients now and I have like big projects that I need to commit to and I have sign-off processes and I have a team and I have you know it's like I've producers it's it's not a hobby anymore mm-hmm. and I think it was just in my in my head making that shift and thinking this is an accidental thing but I can really run with this and I'm really enjoying it so yeah I mean podcasting weirdly it's not that new is it I mean I used to listen to a podcast in like 2007 but I just think that it's an easy way of making things mm-hmm. YouTube isn't for everyone no you can just hide behind a microphone it's great so the future of it for me is just really seeing uh where it goes and just again doing whatever feels good for me and at the moment I'm still I'm still loving it because I don't think there's enough I know everyone's making a podcast now but when it comes to so my podcast is obviously about interviewing interesting people about creativity in the internet or um yeah talking or if they're not on the internet it's it's an interesting one I think I never run out of ideas so I don't know when it's going to end because I've got a lot of other people I want to interview. And I've got a platform that's so established. People always ask me, are you going to start another one? But why would I start another one? I've got such a solid subscriber mm-hmm. base. Yeah, it's really exciting. I guess that's so, in the world of digital, everything moves so fast. Like, oh, what's the next project? What's the next project? What's the next project? It's actually like, don't fix it if it's not broken. It's yeah. Just- but, I, but it's because so many more people will be aware of it now and they say, okay, next project's like, no, this, this, now I've got these new audience who maybe are just listening to it for the first time. They need to go back to all the episodes before that. Yeah, and it's always evolving. And I'm guessing that's what happens with YouTube as well is, you know, the first few episodes, oh my God, they're terrible, terrible quality. Um, now I've, you know, got the kit and I've been learning how to make it sound better. So for me, it's an endless ongoing project really. Mm-hmm. And I think with podcast you know I I've seen a few that have been around for 10 years or so 
and I like the idea of growing that that platform and and yeah using it for as long as I want to really are there any creators that really inspire you or that currently you think they're doing amazing stuff I mean people that I've had on the podcast recently have been great um I'm actually interviewing Scarlett Curtis coming up. Oh, she's amazing. And she's got a book coming out. And actually, it's been really interesting seeing how many people now turn books into podcasts. Yeah. I do feel like, I mean, I copied people who did that in America. (laughs) But I feel like I was one of the first to do it here. Kind of taking a book. And then, you know, taking all of the kind of research and stuff you've done and just getting guests on. So she's launched a podcast as well. Yeah. I think the first guest was Saoirse Ronan. Wow. Second guest, Jamila Jamil. Right. Um, Babes. But yeah, someone that really inspires me, just thought of one, um, and, and she's always been up there, Leandra Medine from Man Repeller. Yeah. yeah. Just as a content creator, amazing. Just the way the website looks, The she has a podcast network, so she has, there's a few different Man Repeller podcasts and she doesn't host them all. Um, but it's all under that umbrella and they all have a really similar sort of tone to them. And the design is brilliant. The the articles are amazing. She'll do things like do a podcast, but then transcribe half of it. So you can read it if you want, or you can listen to it. And actually, I've noticed the New Yorker or the New York Times. Maybe they've done it for years. I don't know. But they you can listen to articles now. There's a play button. Really? On every single article, pretty much. And is it the voiceover from the journalist? Yeah. Yeah, and cool. the pool as well. Yeah, there you can it. listen I, um, to the articles. I love that because sometimes I want to read and sometimes I want to listen. Well, I I keep referencing that I've read your book, but actually I've listened to your book. I had it on a well, downloaded the audio version, and I love it. I listened recently to um, Adam Kay's. Uh, oh, which wow. is going to hurt. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it was so emotional hearing him read his own oh, book. God, it yeah. felt really personal. He's amazing. And I know there's a magic to reading books because you know you can hear the author you know you create your own version of the author but actually hearing him say his own book was incredible and the same with yourself like hearing you know when you talk about a linear job and how passionate you are about let's do something differently I really like hearing someone tell me about it mm. and it's also funny, I can do it while that... I'm cleaning and things yeah <laughs> and maybe with non-fiction I think it's so true you are getting that author's like passion through because I absolutely loved recording that audiobook because I really care about this subject, obviously, but I got to really say it how how I wanted to say it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I think audiobooks are on the rise, aren't they? As well. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank cool. you so much for coming, Emma. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about us, we're on Instagram at BBC Studios Talent Works. This podcast is produced by Shola Alegi for BBC Studios.